Hi, welcome to Anton Knows. This is episode 35 of this show. And we're continuing our adventures in the TARDIS with Matt Smith. He was the youngest guy to play the Doctor. And he had that signature bow tie. And everybody called it, you know, bow ties are cool now. That was for He looked like a, a young college professor, basically. That was the idea here. And uh, he was 26 when he was the Doctor. So he set a Guinness Bird World Record. And uh, this is part one of this. This is the first season of his adventures. So he was the doctor from 2010 to 2013. So the first story, appropriately, is called The Eleventh Hour, because he's the eleventh doctor, so of course it's the eleventh hour. The doctor regenerates. An alien escapes from a, a crack in the wall called Prisoner Zero. And a young girl, the doctor meets her as a kid, and she, he says to her, well, I'm going to come back, and then we'll go on adventures together. And he helps her, he, she helps him through his regeneration process. And at first, she uh, waits and waits and waits for him. And then she's a young woman, Katie uh, Galley is the, the girl's name. She's uh, uh, on the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm sorry, the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, she plays uh, Nebula, the, the sister of it. And you wouldn't know that's her because she's all in blue makeup. She even shaved her hair uh, for that. She was an Optilus. She was in a lot of big movies. Doctor Who kind of made her. And she was in that new big updated version of Jumanji. She's one of the avatars. So anyway, she's this young girl, a little little girl at first, and she waits for the doctor. And then finally, when he does come back, she's a young woman, and she's got a fiancé. And she's uh, once, uh, the, she, the, he says, I'm a time traveler, come with me. So he defeats Prisoner Zero, and she uh, says, okay, uh, I'll come with you. So the beast below. The young team below, we all depend on the beast below. The beast below, far in the future, the city of London is on top of a giant space whale. Okay? So the doctor is left with this huge dilemma. Does he save the space whale and uh, let the city die? Or does he save the, the, uh, uh, the city and let the space whale die? Uh... Amy asks him a question, and the doctor says, no human gets to decide what we do today. So, can he do both? Well, what do you think? Okay, and Victory of the Daleks. This is a really good episode with the Daleks in it. The doctor is called in. He has a phone aboard the TARDIS, and he answers it. And Winston Churchill from World War II asks him to come and help him out with a special project. So he does. And we find that the, uh, the scientist has invented these uh, creatures called Ironsides. And, of course, they turn out to be the Daleks. The Daleks' plan is to create chaos and eventually conquer Earth during World War II. So the Doctor uh, has to get aboard the Dalek spaceship to, uh, to stop them. The, the, uh, these guys are at work again in, uh, in time and... They've set themselves. So they've duped this scientist, but the scientist turns out that he is a, uh, a bomb, 
an artificial construct created by the Daleks. So it's really, uh, really good. I, you see those posters every now and then of uh, looks like a World War II poster. It goes, win victory with the Allies, and has a Dalek on it. Okay, a time of the angels, the Doctor and Amy journey far into the future where they find a crashed spaceship and the weeping, weeping angels are at work again. We also find Dr. River Song, a lot of people's favorite characters, the same actress that was on ER. She returns, even though she sort of died in Silence in the Library, we find out that she's basically a time traveler just like the Doctor. She knows a lot about him. And in part two, Flesh and Stone, uh, the Weeping Angels are finding new ways to kill people, so the doctor's got to stop them. Vampires in Venice, the doctor interrupts uh, Roy and Amy's wedding, and Roy is played by Arford Delwell, and he, uh, he's been in a lot of stuff too, a lot of movies, a lot of TV. He is uh, in... Uh, Sherlock, he's in a lot of other really big stuff on TV. Okay, so in, uh, I don't know if he's in Sherlock, though. That's a good question. Uh, I'll have to look that up later. He, uh, so in this, he decide, they decide to take the doc, they decide that they're going to go on this uh, big adventure to celebrate uh, Roy and Amy's wedding, and they go all over the uh, universe. Well, I don't think they're married yet. But vampire fish people are running around Venice. And so the doctor, uh, Roy and Amy have to stop them. Uh, the uh, story after that is Amy's Choice. Oh, what a really good episode. A new enemy arrives in the TARDIS. And this really famous actor, and he, uh, he's in Jurassic World and a lot of other shows too. He uh, plays a lot of bad guys. So in... In this story, he says that to, to Roy and Amy and the doctor, he says, one world is a dream and one world is real. But both perils are real, and if you die in the dream or you die in the real world, you die. And he's like really taunting the doctor and telling him, because you're a time lord, I am the dream lord. So Rory has to pick between her life in the TARDIS or this uh, somewhat realistic life where she's pregnant, she's married to Rory, and these aliens uh, have embodied these older people and now they're uh, attacking people with this toxic gas. So Amy has to choose what life she really wants. Another two-parter after that called The Hungry Earth. So a group of archaeologists are digging uh, and find a subterranean tunnel and they find the Silurians all asleep again. So the doctor wants to, again, to try to negotiate peace between the Silurian race and humanity. Uh, he tries to give them the best of humanity, all the good stuff that humans uh, do. So in part two, cold-blooded, this is going to lead to a war, but uh, he forces the Silurians to go get frozen again, and even some humans along with them, because one of them gets injured, and one of them decides to uh, go with them. But the uh, Rory uh, 
the, that crack in time appears again, and Rory dies. And then all of a sudden, Amy's forgotten all about him. So the doctor uh, continues his adventures in time uh, with, uh, with just Amy and trying to figure out a way to fix this. Uh, really another really good episode, and me and my mom watched this episode because my mom is an art teacher, so I figured she's got to watch this episode called Vincent and the Doctor. Vincent Van Gogh, one of the most famous artists of any time. Uh, he was an incredible artist and unappreciated in his time and then becomes one of the greatest artists that has ever lived. You can rank him up there with Leonardo and Donatello and all the other uh, famous artists for the Renaissance or for modern art, like a- anybody. So in this story, the, the doctor goes to, uh, with Amy to visit a museum where they have all these paintings of Vincent van Gogh. But the doctor notices there's a monster in one of the paintings, and why would Vincent van Gogh paint a monster in uh, one of the churches? So they go back in time, visit Vincent van Gogh, and Vincent van Gogh and, and the doctor and them. And though, you know, he was suffering from mental illness and they didn't know what was wrong with him, and uh, they kind of help him through this. They even show him in time that, the, that all your art is going to be famous and it's going to be grand. And he keeps proposing to Amy. Well, who wouldn't? She's pretty. And... When they go back, they think they're going to see tons more paintings. And no, he, uh, he still commits suicide. But the doctor tells uh, Amy their life is full of good and bad things. And I think we've added to his pile of good things. And then the lodger, uh, a certain late-night talk show, James Gore, uh, Corden uh, is a... Uh, in in uh, two episodes of Doctor Who, this is the first time he appears. So the Doctor uh, uh, is trapped on Earth, so he takes up lodging with James, and he plays this guy who is uh, in love with this girl, and he's about to be with her and so forth and so on. And he uh, discovers there's some kind of, like, uh, extra room added to this set of, uh, of, of a flat, an apartment building. And the doctor can't figure that uh, out, so he's trying to figure that out. And Amy's trapped in the TARDIS with the TARDIS out of control. So normally, it would be the other way around, right? But no, they decide to stick the doctor on her. So he gets to play soccer, runs around, and becomes friends with this guy, and so forth. It's not a great episode. It's It's okay. Okay, and the Padarka opens. You, the, these two, ap- the last two episodes, are my least favorite of the Matt Smith era. And the Padarka opens this mysterious object, which is guarded by Romans, and Rory turns out to be be there, and he uh, is a Roman soldier, and he's guarding this Pataria for all these centuries. I won't tell you why or what is really going on here. And all the Doctor's enemies want this Pardorian too because they find that if it opens, it'll destroy the universe. And so you think that they want it to destroy the universe. No, they don't want it for that. For other reasons they want it. 
Okay. And then the Big Bang. The doctor has to find a way to restart the universe through this bang because it seems like everything has come to an end, but the doctor has to restart the universe. It's probably one of the dumbest and silliest plots you'd ever heard of, but that's okay. They're allowed to do that. And then the Christmas Carol. Now, later on, uh, as we get towards December, and I told knows I'm going to start to do Christmas specials and talk about, like, Rankin-Bass and all that other stuff as time goes on, and even some unknown Christmas specials. But let's tackle this first. We're talking about this Christmas Carol. This is one of my favorite of all the Christmas specials. And in this story, a spaceship, Rory and Amy are trapped on the spaceship trying to help the crew of it. It's out of control and can't be uh, fixed. But they're trying to uh, stop it. So it's filled with millions of people. It's going to slam right into this planet's force field. So what? It, what's the obvious solution? Either use the TARDIS to try to save the ship, get everybody about, uh, off the ship, or to turn off the force field. So the doctor uses the TARDIS and goes uh, to, the, uh, to the planet and finds this old man there on Christmas who doesn't believe in the true meaning of Christmas. So for tonight, as he says, I'm the ghost of Christmas present, past, and future. Isn't that a clever idea for a Doctor Who, and especially for a Christmas special? Matt Smith says, just think about every Christmas special you've ever seen and and, and, and the Doctor's in it. So it's really great. Uh, this is terrific. So... We'll be continuing more with Matt Smith next time on Anto Knows. And in the future, in December, we will start to talk about Christmas. So we might even interrupt Dr. Who, but we'll see as we go along. And I'll see you again on another Anto Knows.